What's up there, good peoples? Cameron Norfleet, Century 21, All Points Realty here. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, this was actually a uh, interview. I was invited to go out to um, Benchmark Mortgage located in Woodbury, Connecticut. Uh, Robert Weinberg, who was the branch manager out there, asked me to come out there and uh, discuss what um, what I'm seeing with first-time investors uh, in Connecticut. Uh, what type of issues are they facing? And, um, you know, what some things that they should watch out for and so on and so forth. So I went out there, uh, out there to his office and we, we had a discussion. Uh, this actually was for his um, YouTube channel. So uh, this is an interview. Uh, he was interviewing me, um, but I did uh, bring some equipment out there. So I captured some of the uh, the interview myself as well so I can post it on my podcast. But um, a lot of great information on this uh, on this podcast episode. Um, if you are in the market for a mortgage, if you need to uh, rather you need to refinance your home or you need to uh, to get pre-approved for a, a mortgage to purchase a property, whether that's an investment property or a uh, an owner occupied home that you uh, plan to purchase. Be sure to reach out to Robert Weinberg. Uh, once again, his office is located at 175 Main Street South in Woodbury, Connecticut is uh, phone number there is 860-413-3938. Uh, and for com compliance purposes, I'll say his NMLS number is 80786. You'll probably notice in this uh, episode that there's like three different spots um, while we were recording that uh, it kind of goes dead. Like there's kind of some blank spots. I think it's only like five seconds in between. But anyway, that's because he was recording uh, three different videos for his YouTube channel, and uh, that's where we kind of broke for it. But uh, I just kind of put all three together for this uh, for this podcast. But um, without further ado, here's the interview. Hey guys, it's Robert Weinberg, and I'm here today with one of our local real estate experts. I've got Cameron Norfleet, and he's of Century 21 All Points Real Estate. He's been in the real estate game in Connecticut since 2008, and his specialty and his forte is in the multifamily and investment property niche. Uh, works with a lot of investors and first-time investors. So we wanted to talk a little here today about the local market and the opportunity that we've got here in real estate. So the first thing I really want to discuss with you, Cameron, is can you talk a little about the local market here in Connecticut and uh, the opportunity that you think a first-time or repeat investor might have? Yeah, I, I think it's it is a great market uh, for 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 investors and the home buyers as well. Um, I mean, we do have great interest rates right now, you know. So I, I I believe that that's that's one reason why you know people should not just sit on the sidelines, you know, and, and actually get yourself in the game if that's something that that you've uh, been been thinking about doing, that's something that you've been planning on doing. Um, you know, I, I think that's a great time. Don't wait. I think you should do it now. And, you know, before the broadcast here, me and Cameron were talking about the opportunity in Connecticut versus other areas where we have a huge abundance of multifamily properties in Connecticut, whereas other areas of the country may not have that. Um, and there are some specific points that you really want to stick with if it's your first time investing in real estate. And one of the main points is to invest in your local backyard. Absolutely. So everyone always asks, 
where should I be investing? Where is kind of that hot area that's the next up and coming? And as we were discussing, really on your first investment, you want to be investing in your local backyard. You want to start with the area that you're familiar with. So can you talk a little about that? Absolutely. I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, especially if real estate investing is something that you want to get into, um, you you, sh you should invest in your backyard. For, for one, it's something, it's something that you are familiar with. It's an area that you're familiar with, for one, and that's very important as it pertains to real estate. And two, um, you know, you you should manage, I feel that, that you should manage uh, your, your, your first investment property, even, even uh, your first few investment properties, just so that you can, uh, you can really understand what it is to invest or what it is to, uh, to property manage on your own. That way, when you do get a little bit more advanced and, and you have more properties and so on and so forth, and you'll be in a position where as you're managing the manager, you'll know what they should be doing. Yeah, and there's really two main areas that we had honed in on in the state of Connecticut that have the most multifamily opportunities, which are going to be New Haven County and Hartford County. Right. And, you know, what Cameron's found is that the inner city areas have the most abundance of the multifamily properties, which if you're looking to be a first-time real estate investor, that may be what you want to focus on. So those areas right in and around Hartford County and New Haven County are going to give you uh, really the, the most opportunity uh, to have the most amount of properties that you may want to look at. Absolutely. So with that being said, as a first-time investor, you may be looking at your situation and saying, well, you know, I've got some money available. Should I put it as a down payment and use it for closing on a property? Or should I be putting it in something else? Maybe a business startup, maybe the stock market, maybe the bond market. Where should I be putting that money? And, uh, you know, it's both of our idea and really we practice what we preach when it comes to saying that real estate investment has a lot of advantages that other types of investment opportunities aren't going to have. So we're going to talk a little bit about the reasons why real estate investment is going to be the preferred method over some of the others, especially for a first-time investor. So can you talk a little about um, you know, real estate investment versus these other vehicles? So I, I do feel that um, you know, people should invest in what they're familiar with. And uh, you know, like, like we had said prior to, uh, to the video, um, pretty much everybody touches real estate uh, in some way, shape, or form at some point in their life. Whether you're renting property or you know, renting an apartment or you're, um, you know, you're actually purchasing a, a home or you, know, um, you have an office space such as this one. You know, or, or what have you. Uh, everyone touches real estate. So, so even if you feel that like you don't know real estate, you do know something about real estate, and you probably you, you know know much more about real estate than you do you know traditional stocks and bonds and mutual funds and, and things of that nature. So, um, you know, I, I do believe that it, that real estate is um, something that that's great for the first for the first time investor in general because it's something that you're familiar with. Um, there are definitely certain uh, advantages that that, people, that you have uh, in real estate that you don't have in uh, in the stock market and so on and so forth, such as leverage. You know, right, you, right. You know. So we came up with really four main points that we'll talk about here of why real estate, especially when you're a new investor, why it's such a great place to start building out your wealth with with a first piece of real estate. So number one is going to be that leverage, especially if you're a first time home buyer. You can get in a multifamily property in most cases using a FHA or Federal Housing Administration loan with as little as a three and a half percent down payment. 
Um, other types of mortgages and experienced real estate investors, they're going to need to put down 25% or more to get in the same property that as a first time buyer, you have this advantage of being able to uh, get in with that FHA loan if you're going to occupy that property where you can live in one unit and you can rent the others out, which is a great way to start that real estate portfolio. And mortgage and the leverage of a mortgage is something that you don't have in any other investment vehicle. So that was number one. Uh, number two is monthly income. So, you know, stocks have dividends, typically quarterly, and, you know, you do get payments from bonds annually or whatnot, but real estate is the one asset class where you get a consistent cash flow. Typically, you're going to get a monthly income based on rent. Can you uh, kind of elaborate a little about why having that monthly cash flow is such an advantage versus having to wait all year or three or four months just to get your money? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for, for one... You know, uh, you, when you have that monthly income, you know, you have the opportunity to earn the interest on that, on that monthly income. You know, you take that money in and you shouldn't do it once, spend it for, for one. You know, you know, you want to reinvest it, you know, what's coming in from your rental properties, you know, but uh, you, you, you put it away and, uh, and, and you can save up for more properties or, or what have you. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that that's definitely one huge advantage to, to having a, a monthly cash flow, you know, is the fact that, you know, you are receiving that that income and you can do with that income what you what you what you like right and that could include paying down your mortgage with that income putting it in other investments whether it's business opportunities or outside investments like stocks bonds and, and other types of investment vehicles or just use for whatever you need. The sooner that money is in your hands, the sooner you have access to it, which kind of leads us to the third advantage, which is gonna be control. Real estate gives you control when you own an asset directly like this that you don't have when you're investing in a stock of a company or in a bond somewhere. You don't have that control. So can you explain why having that control in the real estate is such a big advantage versus these other vehicles? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if I own a stock in XYZ company, XYZ company may be out in California somewhere, you know, and the, the CEO uh, of, of that company may make some decisions that I don't quite agree with, you know what I mean? And, and that could devastate the company. Whereas when you own a, a real estate asset and you're, you know, you are the CEO of that particular property, you make the decisions. You know, you make the decisions that, that you feel are, are right for you, that you feel that, that are right for their for your company and, and so on and so forth. You know, so um, you know, that that's that's a huge advantage it is the fact that you get to control your destiny. Right. You can paint the property what color you want. You can make changes to the property the way that you want to make it more marketable. You can make changes to allow it to uh, generate more cash flow, whether that's adding a bedroom or, you know, putting a wall down or expanding the kitchen, all these things that you have direct control over that can indirectly influence that cash flow. We were just talking about that monthly income. So the final advantage of having real estate as the cornerstone of your and the first investment in your portfolio is really going to be uh, tax advantages. Now, neither Cameron nor myself are tax advisors. We don't portray that we are and we're not tax experts, but both of us own and invest in real estate and advise others on it. And there are some huge advantages, especially in the current tax code for property investors that allow you to uh, you know, write off the interest. They allow you to write off expenses against the income. And it's much more fluid uh, being a real estate investor and putting that on your tax return. You're going to pay a lot less tax 
on that investment than you would if you had the exact same investment in these other non-tax advantage vehicles like stocks, bonds, and whatnot. So do you have anything to add on the tax advantages? I think you hit right on the head. Um, like you said, neither one of us are, are tax professionals and, and we're not giving tax advice, you know, but I, I definitely, there are some great tax benefits that come along with, with uh, investing in real estate. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would highly advise, you know, anyone that, that uh, you know, that, that is thinking about getting into real estate and using real estate as a tax shelter or, or you know, for its tax advantages in general to consult with, with a CPA. And, uh, and, and you'll see, you know, it, there's, there's, a, there's a wealth of information on, online, you know, that, uh, with, that can go into all the, uh, the tax benefits of, of owning real estate. But there certainly is a lot of them. And everyone has their own particular financial circumstance, so you definitely want to consult, like you said, with your local tax advisor or tax professional. But with that said, you can understand why we're passionate about real estate, especially real estate in the state of Connecticut right now in 2020, being such a great vehicle to uh, really build out uh, a wealth portfolio and build your wealth, starting with real estate. We're going to talk a little bit about big mistakes that we see first-time investors and first-time homebuyers making, how you can avoid them in order to have the most fluid and really the smoothest real estate transaction possible. So I think the number one thing that we were talking about um, before broadcasting here was the fact that being prepared and having preparation when it comes to a real estate transaction is, we both agreed, the number one mistake that we see people make. And the number one thing to avoid is getting into a real estate transaction or attempting to get into a deal and not being prepared. So can you talk a little about the big issue that you see when people come to you and they're just ready to buy a house right away and they wanna get started immediately but they don't have that preparation? What ends up happening? What are those pitfalls? Well, what ends up happening in, in the you know in the long run, a lot of times people are just disappointed, you know, because they they're they're not they're not prepared to, to purchase a, a property, you know. So the first step, the very first step that, that you want to do is to get pre-approved for a loan, okay? And that's where you would come in, obviously. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people they, you know they'll contact me, you know, and, and say, hey, Cameron, you know, I I would like to uh, to invest in real estate. I want to buy, you know, some people actually will have a property in mind that, that they want to purchase. Um, but uh, when I say, you know, when I ask them, have you been pre-approved for a loan, uh, you know, just like, you know, they have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, so um, I highly advise, you know, to, to prepare yourself and, and, uh, and get pre-approved for, for, for a loan. But actually, even before that, you have to make sure that you're in a position to be pre-approved. And what I mean by that is make sure that, that, your, uh, that your credit score uh, is, is at a level where you can be pre-approved. Make sure that, that your, your debt-to-income ratios are are, uh, are in line and that you know you don't have like a, a crazy amount of debt and you know just this little bit of, of income and so on and so forth so so preparation is absolutely important uh prior to actually making prior to actually going out shopping for properties and to build on that a little bit i talk to a lot of first-time buyers that say oh well i'm six months or a year out or even two years out i'm not ready to talk to a lender yet i'm still working on my credit or i'm working on uh you know my down payment funds and whatnot and that is one of the worst things that you could do Absolutely. don't look at it as i'm ready to get pre-approved or not look at it as starting the conversation starting to build your wealth team as we'll talk about in a minute getting those relationships together so that you can get to the outcome that you're looking for even even if you're six months or a year or longer out go get your credit run by a mortgage lender. I don't care if your credit is in the low 500s and you don't have a shot 
and getting a loan right now. It doesn't matter. You need to have that expert eye. You need to have that local mortgage expert look at your credit, give you those tips, tricks, and techniques that there are that you will not know about if you don't talk to that professional that's been doing this for a long period of time. And then the other piece of it is the funds that you need for closing. You know, a lot of people think that they need a lot more money than they actually need towards closing on a property, especially first-time buyers. But like we said, there's a lot of very low money down, um, you know, opportunities that you have as a first-time buyer. There's also specific ways to structure deals where the seller can pay some of your closing costs or there's different uh, assistance that can be had uh, and different ways to structure, like I said. But you need to know that as early as possible. You need to know that as soon as you possibly can so that if you're $2,000 short of buying a home, you know that. You know what your goal needs to be and you can move forward to that goal. Uh, And at the same point, you may be ready right now to buy a house and you didn't even know it. Um, A lot of the loan programs that we use for first-time buyers have a minimum credit score uh, with my underwriters of 580. And a lot of people think that you need this, you know, good to excellent credit in the mid or high 600s or 700s just to get into that spot, which couldn't be further from the truth. The sooner you have that conversation and you get that strategy in play, the more opportunity you're going to have because this market is constantly changing and constantly moving. So if you know what needs to be done, if you have that timeline and strategy in place with both your real estate professional and your mortgage advisor, then when that right opportunity comes up, you're going to be able to pounce on it immediately instead of having to start from square one. So that's really the preparation piece of it. Now, the second thing that Cameron uh, had really alluded to is that a lot of buyers that come to him, especially wannabe investors, first-time investors, they'll have something called analysis paralysis where they'll analyze a little bit too much and they won't actually put it into action. So can you elaborate a little on why this is such a bad thing and why it can really be a nightmare for a real estate professional like yourself when you're working with a buyer, somebody having this analysis paralysis? So yeah, I, I think analysis paralysis, and just just to, to really go into what analysis paralysis is, is you know, you, you've, you've done your homework, you, you've, you've uh, Maybe you've gone to some classes. You've you've attended a home buyer's course. Uh, you've you know you're actively you know researching real estate investing on uh, you know online and so on and so forth. And you're you're developing your plan as to how you're going to go about implementing your your your, your strategy and so on and so forth. But you just never quite take action. And I think that people are in that that situation for you know a bunch of different reasons. But you know all in all, whatever the reason is that that you're stuck. You know, planning on investing in real estate, but you never quite take action. You know, the 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 uh, the common theme is that in the end, you just end up disappointed, disappointed, and you never quite take action, and you never get to to a point to whereas you uh, you actually pull the trigger and and uh, and make the investment. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I I I agree 100% with what you were saying uh, before. It is in that um, it's important to just just go ahead and contact. You're a, a real estate professional, a mortgage broker, or what have you, so that you know you you actually you actually know. Some people will actually find out you actually are in a in a position to where you can purchase now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've seen that over. Or and you're over. very very close. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're you're very close. You're very far. Or you know you can buy now. You know, so it, it's it's good to have that knowledge. You know, uh, as to you know. You, you are in a situation right now where you, know, you can buy and, and you can get over that analysis paralysis. Absolutely, and you know the other thing that I think is important that the viewers understand is that 
every single real estate deal that has ever happened in the history of the world is different. Absolutely. Okay? This is a very unique industry. And you'll probably only buy a handful of properties, you know, in your lifetime. Whereas us as professionals, we do this every day. Okay? And with every deal being different, you have to have your boots on the ground. You have to be in the trenches to understand what goes into a real estate transaction. So you could watch every video, listen to every podcast, talk to every person that you can that's a real estate pro, and it is not going to give you even 10% of the knowledge that you would have of doing one real estate deal on your own. So, so even though your first investment may not be your best, it will give you the knowledge that you need to move forward and make those future very good investments, not to mention the relationships that you need with the different people in the process, as we'll be you know, discussing here, and the different members of your team that you're really going to need to make multiple real estate transactions happen. So get out there, be motivated, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You're better off taking imperfect action and gaining that knowledge and credibility than sitting back and waiting for that perfect time, because by the time that perfect deal or perfect timeline comes into play, you may have already missed the bus and you may have given up a huge portion of wealth by doing that. So that kind of leads me to you know our next uh, pitfall to avoid, which is you know people that fall in love with a specific property or a specific street or school system, whatever it may be, specific deal, and they don't really look at the viability of that deal. They don't take the inspection seriously if they even have one at all, and they just kind of glance over everything and don't drill down to make sure that this is going to be a financially viable opportunity. So can you talk about what you've seen, especially from first-time investors that kind of fall into that where they don't really do that extra due diligence and they don't take it seriously even if they do? Right. So yeah, so I mean, obviously, if, 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 I, if I'm your agent, I'm going to guide you through that. You know, um, but but I have you know uh, uh, spoken to many investors, many investors that 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 have horror stories of their own to where they didn't do proper due diligence prior to uh, to purchasing a property, and that that could be uh, physical due diligence, you know, and you just never had a home inspection done or an, an inadequate inspection done or what have you, and. and once you actually get yourself into the property, you realize this property's got a lot of issues that I didn't know about. And that's a very dangerous place to, to, to be, financially speaking. Um, also, uh, from a financial standpoint, you know, you didn't, you may have not done your due diligence as far as, you know, financially speaking, you, you know, whether you have overestimated the amount that you can receive in rental income or you overestimate the amount that, that you can uh, rather be sell the property for or what have you if you're looking to flip a, a, a home or whatever. You know, um, so it's it's very important to, uh, to to know your real estate math as well. And, and if, if you even if you don't know your real estate math, make sure that you're with a professional that knows uh, real estate math and knows how to uh, to calculate, um, you know, a, a particular deal to make sure that that is a viable deal. And that's the perfect segue to talking about the wealth team, which is really the final pitfall we see a lot of first-time investors and first-time buyers get into is that they feel like because I'm a new investor, because I'm not experienced with this, um, because I haven't done it before, I don't need a team. I just, I'll call real, I'll find a local realtor out of the yellow pages or Alpha Google or I'll find a mortgage lender based on a TV ad or my brother's uncle's cousin used or something like that. And that's where you stop. But I'm here to tell you right now, 
if you're going to take this real estate game seriously, even if you only plan on buying one property, you need to have a wealth team, okay? And we'll talk about the different members here uh, in just a minute. But what this wealth team is, is it is a team of professionals. These professionals will be compensated as a result of you buying a property. So they're not doing this for free. But understand that the most... Uh, really the most prolific and successful real estate investors out there, really any investor for that matter, not only in real estate, has a wealth team. Okay, When you look at multi-millionaire and billionaire type of investors, they have an entire office of people that are managing this stuff for them. So as a first-time investor, first-time buyer, the the instrumental people that we think you should have on your wealth team that you really need to have or else you're going to be winging it is going to be at least one real estate agent or real estate professional. Now, the reason that you would want more than one is ultimately if you're going to get into commercial properties or you're going to be in maybe a specific area that's very high end, multi-million dollar single family homes, you may need to have more than one real estate agent. Right. If you're a first time investor that's looking at multifamily, then Cameron would be a great first addition to your wealth team because he specializes in that and that's who you want. You want specialists on your team that know each part of this process. They know the ins and outs of the real estate game so they can guide you. That's their job. These real estate professionals do not get paid unless you close the deal. So we are going to do everything possible to get you to that closing table as quickly and properly as possible with the least amount of hiccups. And I guarantee you there will be hiccups. I do not think there's any ever been a real estate deal where there wasn't something. And a lot of the time, if you've got the right professionals on your team, there may be an issue, for example, with the appraisal. There may be an issue, for example, with an inspection. And if you've got the right professionals on your team, they'll be able to jump in and take care of that issue without you even being involved because they're so on top of it. So in addition to having a realtor on your team, the next person you want to have is a financial or financing uh, advisor, mortgage advisor. They're specifically going to handle the mortgage part of the process from getting you pre-qualified, giving you the strategy, reviewing all your documentation, getting you pre-approved, painting the right picture for the underwriter, and advising you on what you need to do if you're not in position right now to get to the point where you can put that best foot forward when it comes to actually moving forward with the mortgage process. The next person is you're going to need an insurance professional. It's required when you buy property that you have insurance on the property. Okay, and you would be surprised the different quotes you could get from different companies on insurance. So you definitely want to find that one to two insurance people that can help you. Again, maybe one that's focused on residential, one that's focused on commercial uh, and that sort of thing, maybe geographically and whatnot. Um, they're going to be able to help you to get the best insurance policy possible, the lowest premium with the maximum amount of coverage, which is required for any sort of transaction that you're going to be in. If it involves a mortgage, you're going to be required to get that. Even if it doesn't involve a mortgage, I think everyone would advise that you have insurance on the property in almost every case. And the last really starting member of this startup wealth team would be a real estate attorney. There's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of legalities that go into getting a house and closing on a property and getting a mortgage. So you want to have a real estate attorney that's got a lot of experience, that can help explain the paperwork to you, that can make sure that all the legal parts of the process are going correctly. And they'll also be a great intermediary because typically if you're buying a home, the seller of the property is going to have an attorney as well. Absolutely. And they're going to be that go-between 
when it comes to negotiation and whatnot, also with your realtor to finesse that deal and make sure that it closes on time and everybody is happy at the end of the day. Now, before I pass it to Cameron to talk about his uh, perspective on the wealth team, I do want to also say that if you're a uh, you know, an experienced real estate investor, if you're someone that's looking to build out a large property portfolio over a period of time, then you would also want to add to this wealth team a financial advisor that's going to handle balancing your portfolio, not only the real estate part, but also other investment vehicles like stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And then last but not least, you're also going to want to make sure that you've got a tax professional or a CPA that's very familiar and astute with all the local and federal laws that govern uh, your taxes, the deductibility of certain expenses, and whatnot. So um, really, it ends up being a four to six person team that you're going to want to build out on that wealth standpoint. So can you talk a little about what your thoughts are on building out a wealth team, even for first-time investors and buyers? I, I think you hit it on the, on, the, on the head pretty well. You know, um, I, I think that's a really good start to, uh, to, to your, your, your team to, to build out to, to, to get to the place that you want to get to. Um, after that, you know, there's, there are certainly other people that, that you want to add to your team, such as a property manager, um, you know, such as, you know, contractors. You'll, you'll definitely need contractors and so on and so forth. But I actually think you did a pretty good job with, uh, with hitting it on the, uh, on the head as far as, you know, first-time mm -hmm. investors and so on. And a lot of people, they don't think about this wealth team. Like I said earlier, they say that's only for experience. But if, if you do it early and you get that team together, you're going to be able to build out this real estate portfolio, whether it's one property or 100 properties, a lot easier when you're dealing with the same people Okay, and you know how each other communicate, you have that relationship. Real estate at the end of the day is a relationship business. So you had talked earlier about the historically low interest rates. And actually, as of yesterday, uh, we hit the lowest interest rates since 2010 uh, in mortgages. So there's a huge opportunity right now, and a lot of that drives real estate. So can you talk about how the fact that we are at historically low rates now and how that drives real estate investment and home appreciation, both locally in the state of Connecticut and nationally? Well, yeah. I mean, with, with the interest rates being so low, first of all, I, I would definitely recommend anyone that, that's sitting on the sidelines and thinking about getting into real estate investing to act now, you know, because we don't know what, what what's going to happen, you know, with, with the uh, with the historically low uh, interest rates. Um, I, I would certainly assume that at some point they're going to go up, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you don't want to get caught there. To whereas you know now the interest rates have gone up, and now and now you're like, okay, well maybe I'll wait to see if they go back down. And as that time progresses, you're losing money. All right, so um, you know, so so as as far as how the interest rates uh, affect um, the the economy at large. You know, uh, I mean, when you do have historically low um, interest rates, you're going to have more buyers flocking to, to the area or, or flocking to... Uh, Cheaper to, to, mortgage to payments. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so as you get more buyers coming in and they're, and they're buying up all these properties, what happens? The price of the houses go up. Right? Supply and demand. Supply Economics and demand. 101. Right? So, so, I mean, that, that's one reason why I definitely recommend if, if you have been sitting on the sidelines and something that you've been thinking about, get in now. Get and I think another important thing to talk about with rates is if you're someone who wants to be a gambler and say, oh, I think they're going to go lower. Well, if they do go lower, there's going to be more demand for real estate. If they do go lower, home prices are going to go up. If you're afraid of a recession, look at the last couple recessions, okay? 
Home prices have been very solid, and in most recessions, home prices have actually increased, right. okay? If you take out the last recession of 2007, 2008, and that time period, home values have appreciated because of those low interest rates. So you right now could be sitting in a spot where you get a property, rates go down, we go into a recession, and your house is worth... 5, 10, 15% more a year, two, three years from now than it is today. So it's really a win-win. From a mortgage standpoint, it's heads you win, tails you win. Because with a mortgage, you have the ability to refinance. So if rates did go down to the 2% range, which has never happened in the history of this country, if that were to happen, you're not locked in. The state of Connecticut, you cannot have a prepayment penalty on a mortgage right now, okay? So a year from now, you could refinance, you could reap the benefits, lower your mortgage payment, and have additional cash flow. If the rates go up, you win because you're locked in. With almost all of our first-time buyers, we're going to use a 30-year fixed mortgage. So if rates skyrocket, you're locked in. You have nothing to worry about. So it's really either way that you would win by getting in now. There's not a reason that you can sit back and say, well, I'm going to wait because there's not an economic situation that could occur that would have you making more money if you waited, okay? So the other thing that we want to discuss here on the long-term perspective is local politics and local economics. You know, we're not going to burst anyone's head by saying that, Connecticut is not the strongest economy in the U.S., okay? It's not the strongest economy in the Northeast. Connecticut's been lagging behind in a lot of areas. Housing's one of them. So with that said, though, Connecticut has also seen times where real estate has boomed, okay? There have been areas where you can buy a house right now for fifty dollars or $100,000 less than it was 10 to 15 years ago. This is one of the only states in the country where you can do that. Almost everywhere else. The home values have come back to the pre-crisis levels, okay? So that spells opportunity if you're a value investor, if you're looking for a great deal. Next time you look at a property, look at what it sold for in 2005. Look at what it sold for in 2006. Look at what you're going to get it for today. Understand that, again, simple supply and demand comes into play. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the home values will return to those levels. So right now you've got that opportunity. What you really want to do is you want to have the local market at the forefront. You want to have, you know, experts as we've talked about in your back pocket to help you take advantage of these opportunities. And if you're a first-time investor, a first-time buyer, you may be thinking, well, once I buy a house, who cares what the market does? If I'm not selling it, who cares? But you're leaving out a huge part of building your wealth through real estate, which is taking advantage of equity in your property, okay? So we recommend that you do at least one review per year with both your real estate advisor and real estate pro, as well as your mortgage advisor, because they're gonna be more in tune doing this every single day than you will with your area and if property values have gone up or down. And if you're thinking, well, who cares? Well, let's talk about who cares. If your property goes up 10% in value, okay, you may be in a situation where you can tap some of that equity and build wealth further through buying something else, Absolutely. through investing in the market, through lowering your overall mortgage payment or overall payments by consolidating debt. There's so many options that you watching this or listening as a first-time buyer, you may not even be thinking about this opportunity for wealth and real estate, but your mortgage advisor, your wealth team, your real estate pro, we are thinking about it. So you want to do at least an annual review with each one of your uh, wealth team advisors to make sure that you're 
optimizing your portfolio because this stuff is changing on a constant basis. Can you talk about the advantages of, of consulting with your clients, even if they're not ready to sell their house, right. you know, on an annual basis? Right. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I, I think a lot of people don't think about um, about the return on their equity. You know, uh, there there are a good amount of investors out there that uh, you know they, they monitor their, their return on investment. You know, uh, you know, I, I put in X amount of dollars to purchase the property. As of right now, I'm, I'm making a X amount of return on that investment. But are you thinking about the return on your equity? If you have $100,000 in equity on, on your property, what's the return on that? And can you can you get greater returns by taking some of that equity out and reinvesting it somewhere else? Well, let's answer that. The return on equity is zero, ladies and gentlemen. That is a fact. Equity sitting in your home has a 0% rate of return. Your home is going to go up and down regardless of how big your mortgage is. It has no impact. So the idea that a lot of wealthy investors understand, the idea of leverage that we've talked about before, it comes down to can I tap some equity and can I put that somewhere that's going to earn me greater than 0% rate of return? And I'm sure you would agree, almost anywhere you put that money is going to earn greater than 0% rate of return. If you threw it in the stock market last year, you're up over 25%, okay? So if you have a mortgage at 4 or 4.5% a year ago, and you put that money in the stock market and made double-digit returns, you just made money through arbitrage, you just made money like the bank, and you look like a very astute investor right now. You wouldn't know to do that if you didn't have these ongoing conversations, these annual reviews. Um, same thing with real estate. Maybe you can pull some money out, use it as a down payment on another property, as we've talked about in a lot of other places. And just like that, the battery on my recorder died. <sighs> I know, I know. But anyway, um, Rob just kind of went into um, some software that he covers or that he utilizes to stay in contact with uh, with his past clients. Um, and we kind of discussed how it is wise for clients to uh, or for, you know, for you after you, you purchase a home to uh, stay in contact with a with your local uh, real estate professional, mortgage professional, just so you can stay updated on what's going on with uh, with mortgages, because you might uh, you might be able to save some money, you know, and and refinance your mortgage and so on and so forth. So that's kind of what uh, what you missed here. But I hope you guys, I hope that you guys uh, learned something. I hope that uh, this was helpful and educational to you. Um, but that's all I got for you guys for today. As always, thank you for your time and make it a great day.